Get ready to tap into the minds of the founding fathers of SEO. Rocket. Rocket to the next generation of search engine optimization 3.0 with traffic that will put your website into a head-on collision. Decades of combined SEO expertise give their take on the world of SEO. Now, here are the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of search, the SEO, SEO rock stars. All right, everyone, welcome. 2017, it is January 24th, and this is the first live SEO rock stars of 2017. Oh, yay, oh. Yeah. Frank, are we ready to rock this year? Of course we are, mate. It's up to uh, the the gods of SEO to see what uh, happens in 2017. That's correct, and and we both I know been buried in um, SEO so far this year. I do want to take a moment to thank a few people uh, that that reached out. I'm not going <laughs> to call you all by name, but thanks a lot for uh, reaching out to us and keep in touch. And now uh, we've got a couple conversations going on. We'll get a guest on. We got some topics coming up as a result of it. So, uh, you know, appreciate those people that reached out and uh, let us know that you were wondering where the heck we were and when we were going to come back out from under our SEO rocks. And here we are to do some rock starring. Uh, this year, we hope to try to entice Mr. Darren Babin. We also got to always mention Darren and Brandy, our uh, father and mother of the show. Uh, and of course, George George Hermita, Brasco, the man, the myth, uh, our amazing uh, producer who uh, brings this show to you from Cranberry, our awesome uh, new brand, uh, which we launched into in 2016. So really excited about it, and we're going to get into some good topics today, um, as, as often and almost always curated by Frank. So Frank, uh, the first one uh, that we ordered today is from Media Post. So congratulations to Media Post uh, getting the first SEO Rockstar's topic of the year. Ah. Um, we got um, th- in this first section, we're going to talk about a few hot topics. Uh, Frank and I are going to get together and probably record a couple extra ex- episodes to, uh, soon, too, to catch up t- uh, to some topics that happened really late 2016 and early 2017. But we want to keep the ball moving and talk about what's going on right now. So, what is search re- Church's role, or I guess search engines' roles? Uh, and maybe even the industry role in combating fake news. It's a fascinating article um, over at Media Post Publications uh, from Aaron Barr, a staff writer. And this was uh, published um, over one hour ago. So I'm not sure on the date on this one, actually. Sorry. Um, but um, fake news, alternative tra- facts, media bias. Um, and it's an interesting conversation, Frank, uh, talking about. Um, there's a quote from Paul Levinson, a professor of communications and media studies at Fordham University. Um, search engines are an essential part of the fake news crisis. If someone searches on a topic and search engines serve up fake news, not identified as fake news, that obviously fuels and exacerbates the problem. And so, um, you know, we make it a point to try not to get too political here on, on the SEO rock stars, but we know that fake news, the reason why it's in the news. Uh, but uh, what can search engines and what can we as marketers do, Frank, to help? Uh, to uh, you know, promote uh, the inability for fake news to rank well. Yeah, I mean that's the problem. It, it, what happens is, in a lot of cases, and this article really doesn't go into it in any large degree, is that 
a lot of this stuff is getting shared on social. And I know I've occasionally been guilty of, I'll see a post in my, uh, say, Facebook feed and it looks interesting and I'll share it before fully reading and, and verifying, which goes against the fact that I've got a journalism background of, you know, verify your sources type thing. And that's, I think that's a big part of it where social signals we know are having an impact on how things are getting ranked and linked to and things like that. So uh, I think we've really got a responsibility to look beyond and, and then you get things like the onion that uh, make it their job to create these, uh, you know, interesting, clickable uh, fake news. You know, they're, they're parodying what's gone with the news and things like that. So uh, yeah, let's got, keep satire on the side. I, I agree. And, and we do have to discern between that. I think also from an SEO perspective, um, you know, we, it, the predecessor to social really is the content marketing itself. Right. And it's and, and you hit right on the button, which is that if you're creating content maybe to create a knowledge center on your website, you know, one of those classic SEO tactics to try to improve your relevance, it is that much more important that you're not citing um, you know, information that's somehow fake, right? And especially since it is always nice, at least in my opinion, to look for recent sources on particular subjects, um, you know, especially, and also if you're doing an SEO tactic of trying to, you know, reach uh, closely semantically associated topics in your blog and stuff like that, it's going to be easy for your writers to just uh, go Google a quick search and, and, and it'll, the problem it feed, will feed itself, right, Frank? Because then there'll be links and citations on actual blogs that will feed some of this social media sharing as well and reinforce it to the search engines that, hey, this content may be legit. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I mean, it is the responsibility of, of people that are providing information and tr sort of if, if you put a link to it, you are tacitly saying that, you know, this is something that you believe to be true or you, you know, you support and things like that, you know, that's the value of the link. So we really should be a little bit more, um, for want of a better word, observant of careful. what we link to. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Careful and, and, you know, observant of what we're linking to. And, yep. um, you know, that way we're not adding to the uh, problems. What can you do to prevent forest fires, Link to credible sources. Let's jump to the next topic, which is also a hot topic so far this year and definitely at the end of 2016, and that's Google AMP. Um, Barb Paulser published on January 20th over at Search Engine Land and also a brief intro to it at Marketing Land. Google AMP carousels are multiplying, and there's a great post. The, the Search Engine Land version has, I, I think, a very well done um, infographic sort of style of uh, screenshots of how you can see it in mobile and how the AMP carousel works. So one thing that we did learn from an SEO perspective at PubCon uh, at the end of last year was that in Europe uh, in particular, um, you know, publishers were told that uh, if they didn't implement AMP, it would be less likely uh, or uh, completely unlikely for them to appear in the AMP castle. So if you see these examples right here, you can see that every one of them are AMP pages. So if you want to be in Kansas City Chiefs news, or I guess it would be now New England Patriots and uh, – <laughs> 
uh, Atlanta Falcons. Falcons. Rah, go Falcons. Uh, anyway, um, th- that would happen to, um, you know, you'd, you'd want to try to be one of those opportunities. Now, this is still not widespread, but the amp carousel is much like uh, a lot of the other carousels that Google's using both in mobile environment and desktop now to be able to feed a lot of content in an easy-to-consume way. Yeah, and the other part of it is I think, you know, it's Google – sort of creating a, uh, a need for people to implement the AMP pages. A lot of the people that are working towards optimizing for mobile are tending to go to more responsive designed websites and thinking that that's going to be the best source for them. And largely it is. But Google really got behind the, uh, the accelerated mobile pages uh, project. And, you know, they're using little segments like this to go like hey you, you want to be in this you've got to have an amp page so i think it's their way of uh sort of pushing webmasters and and site owners into creating these because you know like a lot of other things that google have had along the way it, it really hasn't gotten the lift that they expected people you know especially when there were you know times April 21st last year where they're going, you know, AMP's going to be a major factor yeah. in the mobile rankings and all that sort of thing. So they, it's people a, just haven't adopted it as, as yeah, much. Yeah, it's been and, a problem. now here's another one. Yeah. It's been a problem of can't be, means won't, right? Uh, I know personally that I recommended and I felt like I was barking up the tree to a, a few candidates and, and one of them is actually in a redesign and going to be uh, doing it. So I'm very excited. Uh, but... Um, you know, this is something that uh, I found a, a million reasons last year were told to me why we shouldn't do it, right? Especially by developers. A lot of times, uh, developers had also had experience doing applications development. And, and it was just, you know, from the get-go almost poo-pooed. So um, it, it could be a benefit for those that were early adopters. If you see someone uh, international um, SEO consultant like Aleda Sola, she's been sharing a lot of data that shows that uh, there's a lot of traffic coming through here. And uh, you see a lot of other consultants and, and agencies out there that are probably uh, starting to get numbers like the ones that you're finding in these um, screenshots and articles like this. Another thing, too, to differentiate and make sure, uh, you know, as an SEO, even if you're not doing AMP, there's still an opportunity for getting the top stories carousel, but then there's only two spots there, right? So if you're an AMP, you'll probably, you'll be there. You might have to scroll to the right. And, um, you know, in this case, um, you know, there's, uh, you know, I think this fascinating article also showing these other um, carousels uh, that are all AMP pages for the specific Washington Post, New York Times, CNN, etc. Just uh, check out that article. It's something, like you said, Frank, uh, was not well um, uh, adopted last year. People were sort of sounding the, I would call it the dinner bell versus the fire alarm. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, there's still dinner. There's still time for dinner, late dinner. Uh, But at some point, if you're a publisher and you haven't adopted AMP, you're going to be wondering and scratching your head why someone didn't tell you to, I think. And and that's the, there's the qualification right there. I think that AMP initially was pushed out to every type of website. And I think specifically, it has a lot more value for informational websites, for publishers, as you called them, that are providing content versus, say, an e-commerce website. Possibly, you know, you have some content 
uh, on your e-commerce that could be used for AMP. But I think that's the hurdle. You've got a lot of people that are doing different things, that are doing e-commerce, that are doing certain types of engagement that aren't just straight information. And I think it's the information pages that would gain more from implementing AMP as opposed to, and again, it's the developers and everyone else that's trying to, how the hell do we, you know, AMP uh, product pages and, and, you know, the checkout and all that sort of thing. They're, you know, they're seeing it as a, as a major hurdle that has to, you know, just becomes a lot harder for them to do, whereas responsive is, is an easier task to implement across your entire platform. So I think that that's something that people have got to be aware of. I think if you're a publisher, if you're an informational website, then looking at AMP is something that you should be doing because of just the volume of information, uh, well, search potential that you've got there. So, I mean, yep. there is some difference. And, and keep an eye on your SERPs, right, both in mobile especially. and uh, But uh, look for where... Uh, carousels are starting to show up in, in various environments, and they might end up being becoming an AMP opportunity, right, uh, it, beyond publisher. I, I would say that as well. I mean, it's hard uh, to really, uh, you know, e-commerce is, is, is certainly, you know, I, I think, the next big one after publishers. Uh, but beyond that, uh, you know, who's to say that it won't be useful to have some sort of an AMP page describing your checking accounts or your ATM locations or whatever, right, if you're a bank. So uh, I think yeah. that there's a lot of opportunity in the future. Before we take a break, let's hit one more topic, and that's from Search Engine Roundtable. Uh, Barry Schwartz, uh, who this is the first of many uh, hundreds of times, will probably mention his name this year. Uh, glad to see that he's still um, getting up every morning in 2017 and doing what he does to help bring the search engine industry some news um, through his own uh, publication, The Roundtable, as well as Rusty Brick. And, and also, he's uh, one of the major uh, writers over at marketing slash search engine land. So uh, from January 24th today at 8.06 at a.m., uh, Google update brewing. Uh, chatter and tools point to algorithm updates. So there's some um, chatter going on at Webmaster World Fred. And in fact, I just went and um, checked a couple um, in in um, I'm using Linkdex uh, for some clients, and and I'm seeing an amazing amount of volatility, uh, vol volatility, volatility in, in some of the visibility. So I'm going to have to go obviously tomorrow and see hopefully and find some nice volatility in traffic. And uh, and then as a result of that, uh, you know, as we know in SEO these days, it's all about, uh, or it's a lot of it's about click-through rates. So if you got suddenly first page rankings, you better double check those titles and descriptions, right, Frank? Yeah, exactly. And and it's interesting that you know, this is the first major, but Google generally does one after the holiday season. You know, they have that whole, they wait for implementation of various algorithm updates until after the, the shopping season, as it were, you know, or at least during the majority of it, so that they're not, um, you know, sort of impacting yeah. the people's businesses. They the wait gentler. until the new year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, listen, uh, we, we probably will come back next week and talk about some more, especially if this is as major as it seems. Uh, why don't we take our first break of 2017 and hear from our wonderful sponsors here on Cranberry.fm, Cranberry Radio. We'll be 
back with more SEO rock stars right after this. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require their maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Now, let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO Rockstars. We are back. Welcome. Thanks for being with us here. This is Chris Boggs. Uh, by the way, I realized I don't think I even introduced myself at the beginning. I'm the founder of Web Traffic Advisors. Uh, one in my third year here. Frank Watson, you yes. are the man. And uh, <laughs> why don't you introduce yourself in your most recent role? Uh, yes, I am now... Uh, working with Namecheap uh, and SSLS.com and SSLScertificates.com. We're uh, a domain and hosting company as well as certificates and everything else. They uh, are a very good competitor to GoDaddy and the one-on-one. Which we'll, I, we'll have some good SSL conversations too <laughs> this year. Yeah, uh, I'm exactly. sure now that you're on the inside there a little more, uh, it's always helpful. Uh, from Definitely learning about all of, yeah, just learning about just the diversity of them is it's amazing. It's something that I really wasn't that aware of. Mm. So uh, yeah, we'll have to have a, a conversation about, about securing your website and so when we talk HTTPS. When we talk SEO, which HTTPS is certainly a great subtopic of. But we were just talking about algorithm updates. What else is it that most affects our world that Google does uh, outside of an algorithm update? And sometimes people confuse them. I want to see what you'd say to that question, Frank. 
Um, I would say the next major problem, apart from an algorithm change, is you know how they look at your pages and and technology. Duplicate con- yeah, the technology and the two and identical content issues, things like that. But okay. So I I set you up there, but what I was really looking for uh, as a lead into our next topic, and I should have probably sent you in this in the chat, my friend. But um, Mm -hmm. really, you know, there's the algorithm, but there's also the technology. So when you think back to caffeine and hummingbird and things like that, um, you know, Google's always trying to improve its technology to serve the user better. So uh, there's uh, this interesting uh, thing that you found, Frank, at blog.google. Don't let a spotty connection stop you from searching. And so uh, what they're pushing now is the idea of being able to queue up searches while you're offline so that let's say you're on a plane or whatever and, and you know you didn't pay for the internets or you're flying uh, uh, U.S. Scareways or whatever, uh, you know. You can actually have your phone pick up where you left off in terms of having a queue of searches of stuff that you might have. So it's interesting. And then the article goes on to link to uh, a sort of an outdated article about streamlined search result pages. But the whole goal of you know Google is to improve the search experience on a mobile device. Certainly, its favorite is the Android. But uh, you know when it comes to technology, that's the other side of what we have to battle as SEOs, right? And, and or not battle, but uh, uh, adopt and 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 swim with, right, Frank? And and this is a great example, I think, of a topic that um, you know you can't always expect people to be getting their searches instantly. Um, so, uh, you know, one of the things that Google is doing is that they're allowing people to queue up results. Yeah, see, this this one I don't quite, you know, I brought it up because it, it seems like it's a clever idea. You know, I mean, basically, though, it pretty much is limited to here's the 10 results. You're not going to be able to click to them unless they're buffering it in on your laptop if you're, you know, doing it that way or on your phone and it doesn't have a connection, that means it would have had to have buffered the links and the pages behind mm-hmm. your search. Which it wouldn't know Whereas, in advance of what search you did. Yeah, well, I mean, if you did a search, you know, if it buffers, that's the only way I see this. You know, it's sort of like um, offline mail. What they do is they buffer a bunch of your mail so that you can engage with it and reply to it, and then as soon as you get a connection again, all the sends right. go out. Or like when you, you load know, a so, video and, and the buffer zone is ahead of you. Yeah. As so, it, yeah, I think that's the way they're looking at it. I mean, it would be clever if there was, you know, obviously you're going to only be able to do this really successfully on devices that have decent RAM to be able to hold, you know, buffer the page links as well, that content, or else they're going to come up with some sort of stripped down version of it, you know, he, again, you go back to AMP pages, which are relatively stripped down. Maybe they, you know, and, and you've got the ability in some searches to just look at the cached text version. So maybe they're going to create something where that buffers in so that you can, you know, you may lose the connection, but the mm. links still work because they've got it buffered behind it. Mm. You know, so I mean, it, 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 I put it up there because it, you know, I wanted to talk about it in terms of. It seems like Google's really sort of trying here, but how would they possibly be able to do it? Well, we might have we to get know. someone on Google from Google on to talk about this one. 
Yeah, that would be, and it would be useful to try to, you know, see if there was some way that, uh, you know, how that was influenced. And, uh, for example, let's say you do exactly. the search. Is your search, uh, the localization of your search, let's say you do this uh, in, in your spotty connection and you land somewhere completely different, how's it going to assume where which results you want? And, you know, did it start the search actually when you were in a different zone? Probably not because you would have gotten the real time for that location anyway we got a couple other good topics here to move along to um the round table again uh once uh, google wants you to use or no follow when linking to bad sites i think this is kind of a funny uh post from barry um gary illish uh wrote on twitter that it makes sense to use no follow link attribute when you link to bad sites i guess this is sort of like google's um, announcement that um, you should use a condom. I, I, I don't know. What's uh, what's your thoughts, Frank? Yeah, you know, I mean, again, this all links back to, you know, is this our way of sort of if we haven't checked the validity of a news source, do you know follow it so that you're not giving it a vote and it doesn't, you know, possibly get an impact if it does turn out to be fake? You know, what, I mean... Do you know, follow, you know, it's just, why would you be linking to a bad site? That was one of the posts and, uh, you know, Barry's or questions underneath the article and Barry's answer was maybe to show examples of what not to do. Uh, but I, you know, I think it's a, it's a good point and you bring up a good point, uh, in that maybe using a no follow might be the safe thing to do, right? If you're doing something like I talked about earlier on when we were talking about fake news, which is if you've got a writer that's under uh, deadline that needs to find some quick sources. Uh, it's probably safer to CYA if you're concerned about linking out to something that's potentially bad or fake or whatever. But it, it boils down to how risk adverse you are, I think, from an SEO perspective in how you use the no follow, right? And it also boils down to how uh, uh, you know how much scrutiny you have in citing finding your sources and and would you link to it or would you? You know, the question could become the the old litmus test was would it pass the Matt Cusniff test? Well, maybe you could say, would you let you know your kid read this link or something like that, right? And that could be uh, one of the things where we collectively, as a community, can help to uh, improve uh, content and links. The, the linkerati, you know, are not going to require using a no follow because they're taking their time to make sure that they're linking out to good things. So. I've got a, you know, and something that this article in particular uh, got me thinking about is iterations of the mention of your domain or, or the number of pages uh, that are actually in the Google index. Is that an indication of authority? I, and thinking in the terms of I did a search for black dress and then I looked at the top few uh, sites that were listed there. And then I went and looked at, you know, I, I did their domain name search to yep. see how many pages there are for them. And the first three told me that, um, yeah, okay, the, the top one had more links than the second one. The second one had more than the third. But then once I got past that, there would come a couple that actually had more, you know, more links well, than the t top three. So there's that, you know, I mean, just, just pages. Okay. So yeah. A, yeah. You know, uh, you know what I mean? If if it has listings. more pages in the yeah. listings in the search results, 
does it's that funny because Frank, I see rank? what I see there is, and and it's funny. I did some research just recently, and in order to try to normalize that data, is it'll often say you know X number of results. It used to be page one of X number. Now it just says you know one thousand yeah. results or eight hundred results. But very rarely can you scroll past uh, more than I've been to about nine hundred, uh, maybe or so uh, in terms of pages, and, and uh, you always find omitted results uh, when you're using the site. Yeah, when you get to that end. Dub, dub, yeah. dub. So what yeah. I use that for is, is a way to normalize it a bit, right? So if I take a sample of four sites and two of them cut off after uh, I found 210, I think was one of the numbers that was common, oh, wow. and then there was 89, or, or I, I can't remember. But uh, the point is, is that uh, you can sort of group sites together then in terms of what their value from a maybe macro panda perspective of content is, right? Uh, and, yeah. and, and, and source them against each other that way. But um, it's uh, it's a good point, and uh, that does, uh, you know, uh, bring us to. I'm just I think, always looking at you know any any sort of relevancy of you know the value of just your name appearing on a page versus it being a link. Yeah. Well, so. I think yeah, we could talk about that for a while because I believe still in that power of if your name's on a page that has to do with some topic that's important to you, then that's almost as valuable from a you know consultation perspective, especially at scale as if you actually had the link. And if it's a brand name, yeah. if it's any entity, it's going to benefit from that. And in fact, a lot of SEOs that are more gray or dark hat have leveraged that knowledge uh, over the years to try to just insert uh, content that, that's even gobbledygook content but that has those particular entities listed in it uh, to in, uh, reinforce the authority of their content based on co-citation. But... One more topic before we go to our last break, and then we'll have a short last section today. Um, our first content from Jennifer Slegg over at the SEM Post, another person that we talked about a lot in 2016. Um, her articles uh, were great, and, and she really had a great year and came out and, and became one of the, I think, one of the big uh, publications in our industry. Uh, so good job, Jennifer. Google has uh, how to handle near identical product pages for search. This is it, fascinating topic and something that I need to learn more about. It's, it's fairly new. And in fact, Don Anderson is doing a study right now. Uh, uh, and part of it, uh, hopefully I can say that, it, it has to do with this topic. So uh, you should check out uh, that study. Um, I think that she's always willing to get more people that are doing uh, SEO to be involved. Um, uh, and, and I think she's still taking um, responses or she just launched it. So uh, her uh, study and her Twitter account is Donnie, and I'm just trying to make sure to, that I get it exactly right here. Um, uh, at D A W N I E A N D O, and you can find some links there in regards to signing up for her SEO research that has a lot to do with technical SEO. So if you're interested, check it out. Uh, follow her on Twitter. Very smart, smart, smart person. Anyway, we digressed again. Uh, how to handle yeah identical identical page pro product pages is something that you know we have where you know f for example black dress red dress blue dress you know that's pretty broad but given whatever your product is there may be just minor differences and you have you know 12 different categories uh, you know or rather just 
descriptive differences, maybe color or, or cut and, and size and things like that, that you create individual product pages for that uh, will be seen as virtually duplicate content. So uh, this one goes through and, and gives you, uh, yes, use the canonical tag for, for the main page. But what I really do believe in is having that main page, a page that lists links to all of the individual variations. Right, right. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm of the same belief. And it's funny because that's, you know, uh, what I, you know, chose in terms of if I was going to handle it that way. Uh, I think that, um, and, and it's interesting also that they state that um, if you use a canonical tag and then you have multiple canonical tags, like across yellow, green, red, and blue, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, but now from the quote it says, so one thing you can do is make sure the main page is chosen. Um, we, uh, no, I'm sorry, I've, I've skipped ahead. So that's definitely a case if you use a canonical tag, then we will combine those pages and just index one of those versions. So it's a great and, and very insightful hint for SEOs that you should go ahead as an e-commerce person and count that as a potential best practice is to just create a canonical version. Now, that being said, you know, Google's not the king and, and, and Google's not uh, ruling the world, but um, this is a strong yes. hint that it's probably valuable because it's going to help to decrease the amount of time that Google spent fun and figuring out your site, huh? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, but part of that... Um could be, you know, to also use nofollow in, in that case, but that's something I wouldn't recommend until it was fully tested within, you know, because then you're just bleeding the, the link juice that comes to the main page, the main canonical page. Yeah, that would have been good, you know, seven years ago, definitely, I think, but now <laughs> there's no reason. Exactly. Um, let's yeah. take a break now, uh, and we'll be right back with you here on SEO Rockstar. Stay with us. We'll be back with more SEO Rockstars right after this. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Get educated and entertained by our panel of on-air experts and peers. And engage with us anytime by following us on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, and LinkedIn. So you can reach us before and after every program located on our new social shareable live streaming player access the new cranberry radio live stream player at our website cranberry.fm do you have cold hard cash burning a hole in your pocket let cranberry radio lighten your load just hand us that burdensome dinero and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show we produce edit and amplify the show all you have to do is show up it's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. 
A more refreshing kind of talk radio. Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. That sounded like a new lick there. I like that rock. That's, that's a good guitar jam right there. Getting into our third segment for today. It's funny. I used the word linkarati earlier on, which I think can probably be attributed to Rand. Um, that's the first time I ever heard it used when he was presenting something on stage in New York in like 2005 or something when I was sitting next to him looking at his yellow shoes. Um, the Linkarati is also the name of the Page One Power blog, and um, Frank, you've curated a nice. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. What is guest blogging and SEO? A guide for beginners from Alex Omelchenko, uh, published on January 19, 2017. So, <coughs> guest posting and guest blogging is certainly something that will uh, continue to be in our industry. It's, uh, I would call it uh, a, a battle point. Uh, between <coughs> SEOs and uh, in the past, Matt Cutts uh, and and other sort of Google quality control, and, and frankly, it did get out of hand when people don't uh, you know put enough um, love into it, uh, it. It can lead to poor quality content. But is guest blogging good for SEO and link building? The short answer is yes, according to Page One Power. Frank and and yeah, no, 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 and I mean one when matt was there and they were beating back the blog networks and things like that there there were occasions when you know there were obviously some that warranted that sort of you know knockback but i think the best example and someone who i, I saw commenting about something today and smarties uh guest blog network you know uh had value you know what i mean I was and, mention and that's and the, smarty <laughs> that's yeah, funny i mean that's yeah that's where there's a differentiation, you know, where someone creates a, a blog network and really spends the time editing and, and making sure that the information is quality, none of the BS fake news stuff, none of this, you know, pandering to particular topics. This was really good quality, but it got swept out with the baby in the bathwater type thing back then, you know, which really impacted a lot of work that she put into that. And that's the problem. I mean, guess yeah, blog because some bloggers now just hate name. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's got it's it's become this uh, letter M, right? Or um, but think worse. about it in terms of there are a lot of people out there that are you know writing part-time writers for you know Fortune magazine and you know all the Forbes and all those other guys that are disseminating some really crappy information, you know, especially within our industry. So, I mean, there is that, there is that part of that, you know, and that's part of what also gives it a bad name. But if you provide quality content, if you write for friends that, you know, we both, you and I have done this in the past for Search Engine Watch and other publications, uh, written about things with information that had value, uh, that type of thing 
is good to share if especially if you no longer you know i'm i don't really use my blog much so if i'm going to write i usually write for someone else about a topic that you know show i have some interest in like possibly that doing a little bit more research on just citation versus actual link to 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 your website uh those sort of things have value uh it shows that you know brand it helps build your brand as as someone within the industry that can you know have articles that will be accepted by various publications it gets shared you know so i mean it, yeah. it can get your work it can add to your authority within the industry and things like that so it has that value and if you take um, the time uh yeah you know and sometimes it gets you some links if you use it purely yeah. as a link building exercise i think you know you're not going about it the right way. If you want to write about something, you you something's gotten your interest and you've done some research and you go, okay, I want to write about this. I want to share it out to my friends. You know, it's a lot easier than writing something in an email and then bulk mailing it to all your buddies. You may as well just post it up and put it up on Twitter or, or Facebook yeah. and let it get shared that way. Yep. So, I you mean, know, there's, an, there's more good content in this blog post. Uh, we're not going to get into it because we've got a couple quick ones to hit on before we wrap up for the day. But there's something about anchor text and SEO and, and uh, you know, the, this, the question about how many anchors are safe. I think that's a topic we, you and I should discuss on a future show. Href did a study, Ahref, um, and uh, that's cited here. This guy thinks 20% of links with anchor text is safe. Uh, I think it's a, it's a cool topic. And also private uh, blog networks and drop domains. I think the, uh, the, the before and after or the now and before uh, is an interesting picture uh, in the article there. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's a good uh, good job here, Alex, on this article, uh, who's, a, uh, who's the founder of Prof Copy. He's a copywriting guy. Uh, his firm is. So, uh, obviously, has a lot of SEO knowledge. So, let's talk about, uh, by the way, he wrote an article about guest blogging, uh, and he pitched it to page one, and, uh, you know, they... Uh, they published it, right? I think that's the whole point, other point of this article yeah. is that uh, it is a guest blog post on uh, page one power. So um, hobo-web.co auditor. Tell us about this tool tip today, Frank. It's yeah, I you know, I mean we we're constantly looking at tools that we can recommend That's to people. That, Sorry. Yeah, that that don't have and we'll make sure that it's put in somewhere in, in the article, you know, about this particular episode. But, you know, free tools. And we're going to need to do a show about various tools and what they oh. do and, and how you can use them and things like that. There's, you know, obviously there are tools that cost a certain amount of money and a lot of them will have a limited access to, to things. But this one I came across, I tried it. It, it gives some really good information, and given that a bunch of the old school tools have, have disappeared, it's nice that this one's still around. And yeah. um, I think that uh, if check you want out. to have a quick check of a particular UK page, Hobo, yeah, hobo-web.co.uk/slash/auditor/slash. Um, we got, we're running, running out of time here. Uh, Cranberry's going to kill us. We get fired on our first <laughs> show of the year. Ha quick hat tip. 
Um, again, uh, to you, Frank, for great uh, uh, curation of content. And thanks to all our guests for listening to us on cranberry.fm. Do check out also at the Bruce Clay blog. It seems just from the headline like it would be a self-serving article, how to a- evaluate an SEO company using Google's own guidelines. But it's, it's fascinating and well done. Uh, and I'm sure that, uh, of course, Bruce's agency can stand up to this as well as a lot of others. But um, great and, and, and deep article yeah, uh, it, about these exactly. things. Exactly. And it mentions the Google guidelines, which, you know, if you're an SEO, you should have read at least one version of them at some point in your career. So uh, this one's using the latest version and uh, showing you how, you know, the check marks again. So it, it's worth a read. All right. Well, everyone, thanks a lot for being with us here on SEO Rockstars. Rock on. We'll be back and we'll talk SEO. Let us know what you want to talk about. Yeah. Express are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited.